Hey guys, happy Friday. Uh, Mr. Gaines here. It's nice and sunny outside. It feels like summer today. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm going to read a couple of chapters for you. Hopefully you're enjoying your nice long weekend. Feliz Puente. All right. Enjoy. Genetics 101. Both sides of dad's family were Jews from Russia and Poland. Papa's grandparents fled the pogroms and ended up in New York City at the turn of the century. Tata's parents fled the Nazis and ended up in Argentina in the 40s. Papa and Tata met at a dance on the Lower East Side while she was in town visiting a cousin. They got married, moved to Bayside, and had dad and Uncle Ben. Mom's side of the family is from Brazil. Except for her mother, my beautiful grands, and her dad, Augusto, who died before I was born, the rest of mom's family, all her glamorous aunts, uncles, and cousins, still live in Alto Leblon, a ritzy suburb south of Rio. Grands and Augusto moved to Boston in the early 60s and had mom and Aunt Kate, who's married to Uncle Porter. Mom and dad met at Brown University and have been together ever since. Isabel and Nate, like two peas in a pod. They moved to New York right after college, had me a few years later, then moved to a brick townhouse in North River Heights, the hippie stroller capital of Upper Upper Manhattan, when I was about a year old. Not one person in the exotic mix of family of my family gene pool has ever shown any obvious signs of having what August has. I've poured over grainy sepia pictures of long dead relatives and babushkas, black and white snapshots of distant cousins in crisp white linen suits, soldiers in uniform, ladies with beehive hairdos, Polaroids of bell-bottom teenagers and long-haired hippies, and not once have I been able to detect even the slightest trace of August's face in their faces, not a one. But after August was born, my parents underwent genetic counseling. They were told that August had what seemed to be a previously unknown type of mandibulofacial disotosis. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Caused by an auto autosomal recessive mutation in the TCOF1 gene, which is located on chromosome 5, complicated by a hermafacial microsomia characteristic of OAV spectrum. Phew. Sometimes these mutations occur during pregnancy. Sometimes they're inherited from one parent carrying the dominant gene. Sometimes they're caused by the interaction of many genes possibly in combination with environmental factors. This is called multifactorial inheritance. In August's case, the doctors were able to identify one of the single nucleotide deletion mutations that made war on his face. The weird thing is, though you'd never know it from looking at them, both my parents carry that mutant gene, and I carry it too.
Punit Square. If I have children, there's a one in two chance that I will pass on the defective gene to them. That doesn't mean they'll look like August, but they'll carry the gene that got double dosed. But they'll carry the gene that got double dosed in August and helped make him the way he is. If I marry someone who has the same defective gene, there's a one in two chance that our kids will carry the gene and look totally normal. A one in four chance that our kids will not carry the gene at all. And a one in four chance that our kids will look like August. If August has children with someone who doesn't have a trace of the gene, there's a 100% probabil probability that their kids will inherit the gene, but a 0% chance that their kids will have a double dose of it, like August, which means they'll carry the gene no matter what. But they could look totally normal. If he marries someone who has the gene, their kids will have the same odds as my kids. This only explains the part of August that's explainable. There's that other part of his genetic makeup that's not inherited, but just incredibly bad luck. Countless doctors have drawn little tic-tac-toe grids from my parents over the years to try to explain the genetic lottery to them. Geneticists use these Punit squares to determine inheritance, recessive and dominant genes, probabilities and chance, but for all they know, there's more they don't. They can try to forecast the odds, but they can't guarantee them. They use terms like germline, germ, they use terms like germline mosaicism, chromosome rearrangement, or delayed mutation to explain why their science is not an exact science. I actually like how doctors talk. I like the sound of science. I like how words you don't understand. I like how words you don't understand explain things you can't understand. There are countless people under words like germline, mosaicism, chromosome rearrangement, or delayed mutation. Countless babies who will never be born like mine. Out with the old. Miranda and Ella blasted off. They attached themselves to a new crowd destined for high school glory. After a week of painful lunches where all they would do was talk about people that didn't interest me, I decided to make a clean break for it. They asked no questions. I told no lies. We just went our separate ways. I didn't even mind for a while. I stopped going to lunch for about a week though to make the transition easier to avoid the fake, oh shoot, there's no room for you at the table, Olivia. It was, e it was easier just to go to the library and read. I finished War and Peace in October. It was amazing. People think it's such a hard read, but it's really just a soap opera with lots of characters, people falling in love, fighting for love, dying for love. I want to be in love like that someday. I want my husband to love me the way Prince Andre loved Natasha. I ended up hanging out with a girl named Eleanor, who I'd known from my days at PS22, though we'd gone to different middle schools. Eleanor had always been a really smart girl, a little bit of a crybaby back then, but nice. I'd never realized how funny she was. Not laugh out loud, daddy funny, 
but full of great quips. And she never and she never knew how lighthearted I could be. Eleanor, I guess, had always been under the impression that I was very serious. And as it turns out, she'd never liked Miranda or Ella. She thought they were stuck up. I gained entry through Eleanor to the smart kids table at lunch. It was a larger group than I'd been accustomed to hanging out with and a more diverse crowd. It included Eleanor's boyfriend, Kevin, who would definitely become a class president someday, a few techie guys, girls like Eleanor who were members of the yearbook community and the debate club, and a quiet guy named Justin who had small round glasses and played the violin and who I had an instant crush on. When I'd see Miranda and Ella, who were now hanging out with the super popular set, we'd say, hey, what's up, and move on. Occasionally, Miranda would ask me how August was doing, and then say, tell him I said hello. This I never did. Not to spite Miranda, but because August was in his own world these days, there were times at home that we never crossed paths. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.